Hello, movie friends. Welcome to There Will Be Movie Reviews. I am your host, Ryan Holmes, and today, uh, in today's episode, I will be discussing the original Star Wars trilogy with my very special guest, Uncle Rob, or just Robbie, whatever you guys want to call him. The, the, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, Robbie, why don't you say hi to everyone? Hi, <clears throat> hi everybody. I'm uh, I'm very happy to be back, and thanks for asking me back, uh, Ryan. This is uh, my second go around on uh, there will be movie reviews, so I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. After uh, the Forrest Gump podcast, it, it did very well. I was really <laughs> happy with it, so I was like, you know what? Why not bring him on again? You know. Oh, sweet. That's uh, that's the best review I could get. Being asked back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And today, especially because I I. I chose you to uh do this podcast with me because i know you have a strong um you know connection with these these films and you have um you know growing up with them your whole childhood and you, you can talk about that a little bit more just uh yeah but yeah, yeah if you want to say that yeah but um i'm really excited to be talking about the original star wars trilogy this really is probably one of the best movie trilogies of all time and the one thing i love about trilogies in a series of film like the dark knight or the lord of the rings is they all have this great connection and that's what makes a good trilogy to me they have a strong connection to each other each film it builds on each character and builds on the film itself and just make and it keeps getting better till that grand finale and it's just so great and but yeah you can you can uh take over yeah so yeah, I mean, I appreciate being asked uh, on this one. I, I do think that, um, yeah, Star Wars was, I was thinking about this earlier today. I think Star Wars was the, um, were the movies that made me fall in love with movies. Um, and because, of course, I was, uh, I, I, let's see, I'm just trying to think about the timeline, but I guess I was born the year that Star Wars came out, the original uh, Star Wars Episode Four. Um, and, uh, of course I was just a little bit older, but not old enough when empire came out, back and when Jedi, uh, return of the Jedi came out, I actually saw that in the theater. And so, um, it, and I, I don't have the year in front of me, but maybe it was 81 or 82, 83, when, 83 Jedi yeah. came out. So yeah, I was probably just old enough and I, I probably bugged my mom and dad, uh, to, to take me, uh, but I was already obsessed, uh, with star Wars by that point. And I was thinking that, um, if, if that's the period when it came out, then it was probably, yeah, the movies that made me fall in love with movies and especially kind of to your point, epic movies. I love, I love just sort of epic things that, that suck you in and you could, you could waste a whole day, like watch it, watching them or not waste, but enjoy a whole day, uh, watching them. And, uh, it's funny, Ryan, I, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate being asked to do this one because I found when I started watching A New Hope, the first one, um, it had been a really long time since I watched them and I thought, well, uh, I need to, I need to refresh and watch these to get ready for the podcast. But it took about, I was about a third of the way through the first one before I was just like sucked in back into the magic again and yeah. just enjoying every moment of it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't work. It wasn't research. I was, I, it, it wasn't a way, but I was, uh, I was just enjoying the ride. It was, uh, really fun to, to revisit those movies. Oh, totally. Yeah, I know. It, it, another thing that I was thinking, because at the same time, I also had that um, same connection as a young child. I, I was exposed to Star Wars, you know, from my parents that just 
showed me these great movies uh, having a uh ha having been shown that when they were in the 80s and they were in the you know 10 or 9 or 10 when they saw these films and yeah. so it's the same type of thing for me when i was exposed i was just connected i just i loved these films it was it was everything i had the toys i had the lego i had yeah. you know everything i wanted to be was just surrounded by star wars and everything that i loved was star wars and, and I just fell in love with those films and i was so happy to be able to have that in my childhood and mm. because you know for the most part people that have that connection with star wars are born you know when my parents are born and when you were born and and that's and i think it's also been brought back with the new films and even just you know it, it's still stuck with the it's still stuck with people today because of how just original and how well it's aged it, it's just it, it's an incredible um trilogy and it's pretty unique and I, I can't wait to discuss each film um in about a second but before we discuss sure i have a segment um where we will be doing the movie news so Seth Rogen will not be in any more movies with James Franco after sexual allegations have uh, been back brought up after that. Did you hear about that? I did actually hear about that. And uh, like, that's a strange one, eh? Because they're so, like, they're almost synonymous with each other. It's not synonymous, but they're so, they've done so many movies together that I, I kind of think of them almost as a, as a, a tandem, as a duo. Um, so, but at the same time, you know, Seth Rogen is not a controversial guy, and uh, I think that uh, it doesn't surprise me that he would distance himself from controversy. That he would be yeah. like, this, uh, "This is treading into waters that I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be uh, wading in." And um, and so I wasn't entirely surprised that he said, "You know what? As far as it goes right now, I'm not, I don't have any plans to do any more movies with Franco." So. Um, yeah. And again, I know that it's all alleged right now. So it's, it's, you know, you have to mm -hmm. take that with a grain of salt and it's just right now, it's just alleged, but I do, I kind of, I do get Seth Rogen's. I think he's kind of like, well, let's see how this all plays out and, um, mm -hmm. let's not, let's not collaborate for the time being. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I was, I was thinking the same thing and I was, I was again, a, a surprised maybe i guess yeah you said he's not non-controversial aside from being the biggest stoner in hollywood <laughs> yes <laughs> that's but, not controversial that's, I know, not, yeah. that's yeah. not controversial anymore I know. Fact, <laughs> you know what's what's interesting is i was listening to an interview with him actually i was just listening today um where he you know like cannabis has been legalized in canada and it's not federally legalized in the u.s uh, but he's kind of like um he's he has his own cannabis line and yeah. so and he sells the, them with uh, very sells the cannabis in a very it's very well presented it's like he's kind of like taking the approach that you know if you give it some thought not just send it in a baggie a ziploc or something like that and the the, the actual receptacle it comes in it's got design it's got class it's got it's the same thing like when you buy a nice bottle of like a, a scotch or something like mm. that it's not just the it's the, like the bottle and the presentation's the whole thing he's like we need to be doing that for cannabis and like maybe if we do that it'll be less stigmatized less controversial i think that was kind of his point so i think that even though he is you're right 100 percent. he's known for being the stoner dude he's he's high all the time um i think that he's trying to take the controversy out of that so yeah yeah, yeah. totally 
All right. So next up on the movie news. So Robert Eggers, I don't know if you know this director. I'll, t- I'll tell you the films he's been in. Uh, he's coming out with a new film called The North Man. So uh, it gets and it gets a release date in 2022. So if you don't know who this director is, he has directed films like The Witch and The Lighthouse that have just come out more recently. And he's he's known for this very, very old timey style and great, great cinematography. And I don't know if you've seen The Lighthouse, it has a um, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe in it. And the and the witch has Anya Taylor John or Anya Taylor Joy. And she was in um The Queen's Gambit. She was a star of that. Oh okay. yeah. So he's he's known for this very, very um um kind of he he his directing style very much brings you in into this separate world that's very disturbing and dark and mysterious. Like the lighthouse was one of the most it was the most one of the most odd films very similar to david lynch he, he approaches films oh, yeah. like that and i think he's like the new david lynch of uh, uh filmmaking i noticed but I, i'm excited to see his new film and it's i think it's going to be good and I, I'll, I'll recommend it to you i'll, I'll to let you know when yeah. it comes out but it, it's good what should i watch first the, the witch or the lighthouse i would recommend watching the witch just because it came out uh before the lighthouse so yeah. watch the witch okay, and so then the lighthouse but yeah, yeah. um but yeah Next up, I'm going to put yeah. that on the list. I appreciate a good recommendation. Sounds good. Yeah. Next up, Jennifer Jason Lee to narrate the audiobook version of Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Hollywood novelization. Did you hear about that or? No, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture Jennifer Jason Lee narrating that. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting. Well, she was in The Hateful Eight. Um yeah. and she was nominated for an Oscar for that role. And so, I think that's what brought her uh caught tarantino's uh attention for her to do that but i'm not sure I, i'm I, i'm curious to see how that would go down i'm curious to see what once upon a time in hollywood as a novelization will be like that's going to be interesting yeah i agree i like that uh, especially the last scene like the last scene i'd like love to hear how that how jennifer jason lee what her take on on that's going to be and what that's yeah. gonna, what that's going to sound like that was just like uh, we won't, I, I mean, that's another rabbit hole we can go down with regards to that movie. But no, I hadn't heard that. And uh, I'm trying to picture her voice on like audio like that. If, uh, but, uh, you know, Mr. Tarantino, kind of, he knows what he's doing. So Yeah, I, I know. I, I have no, I have no worries. I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll end up being good. So, yeah. yeah. And then, all right. So last up on the movie news, Catherine Hahn and Edward Norton have both been cast in Knives Out sequel. Uh, earlier that week, Dave Bautista was also cast in the film. Oh, really? So yeah, it's gonna be. I feel I'm feeling it's might be uh, a step up. You know, uh, Ryan Johnson, who directed the first one, obviously coming back to direct the sequel. Um, I I'm think excited about that. I'm, I'm good... interested to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see Edward Norton. He's he's a he's one awesome. of he's yeah he's a, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see that. But no, we haven't seen him in a little while, so that'll yeah. be. I, well, I guess no, it hasn't been that long. But but you know, he used to dominate like um, you know the releases it seemed for such a long time that I feel like we don't see him enough anymore. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Uh, but that's cool because I love the first one, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's interesting. That's uh, um, I could maybe I'll add my own news tidbit. But I understood that um, in terms of sequels, um, geez, it's the John Krasinski film, um, Quiet Place Two. 
Quiet Place 2 is apparently was was I, I didn't know this, but it was actually slated to be released right when COVID hit. And Krasinski made the decision to pull it out, pull it out of the theaters. He's like, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing it. And everyone's like, no, wait, but it might be okay. And he's like, no, it's not gonna be okay. We're pulling it out. And so yeah. it's like we've been waiting 12 months, I guess, to to for that, uh, for the release of that. And it was such a again for me, I, I really like the first one. So that's another sequel that I'm pretty mm -hmm. excited about. Yeah. Totally. All right. Now let's begin the the main event. Okay. The uh, let's talk about Star Wars: A New Hope, the film that created an entire universe yeah. of films, television shows, video games, books, yeah. novels. You know, graphic novels. It, it, it has created so much. This entire like fandom of uh, people love this these movies, and and it all comes down from. Star Wars, A New Hope, or just at the time it was called Star Wars. That's what it was yeah. at the time, yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah. So I'll released in 1977, directed by George Lucas, written by George Lucas. Mm -hmm. uh, stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Alec Guinness, Peter Cushing, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Peter Mayhew, David Prowse as the actor for Darth Vader, and James Earl Jones as the voice. This film won six Oscars, including Best Art Direction, Costume Design, Sound uh, VFX, uh, Film Editing, and Original Score. And was nominated for a total of 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for Alec Guinness, and Best Original Screenplay. So the story, Luke Skywalker joins, joins forces with a Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, a Wookiee, and two droids to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station, while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the mysterious Darth Vader. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. When you're listing off the, listing off the cast there, right? It's like, it's such an... Um, eclectic mix of established actors and well established to I guess to a certain degree J James Earl Jones who played the voice obviously and Alec Guinness I mean the guy the guy's a legend but mm -hmm. you have all the even uh Harrison Ford at that time wasn't a massive name um, yeah. I think that you know he was getting his career going obviously uh but it must have been an interesting uh, experience for to for some of these complete no names to be matched up with uh, some of these um, stars and up and coming stars. And uh, it's funny for the longest time, I didn't know any of any of their names. Like Luke Skywalker, like Mark Hamill, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of the only thing you know him for, right? It was that um, uh, was that? And I think yeah. a, a number of those folks you don't really get to. I don't know. You don't get a, a ton of exposure. Carrie Fisher, of course, she did a bunch of stuff um, as uh, as well. But um, it's such an interesting cast, and uh, of course, I fell in love with them like at age five or six years old, right? So um, it's uh, it's hard to put into words the impact that uh, that they had on on uh, on me and my love of uh, of this whole story. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I was just thinking about how. It's created such like a it's such an impact that just like words from this is just you get like an entire emotion, different emotion and aspect of these films. When I hear the words just Millennium Falcon, it's just <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's something so you can just yeah. feel so cool and you feel right in the Millennium Falcon. You, you're thinking all right, Han Solo, Chewbacca, all the guys, you know, and that that's what I oh. think. Or when you hear. It's just the word C-3PO or R2-D2. 
it's in my it's it's in my DNA, Ryan. I think it's, <laughs> you know that that those those names and to the point where, and I don't want to spoil anything for the future episodes, but eventually, I guess we know what ultimately Han Solo's fate is um, if we if we've sort of followed the series. And uh, I remember just it's so strange. It, it, Star Wars is so much in my like DNA from being a, a, a young child that. Uh, I took that pretty hard. What, what happened on? Like I was, uh, and it's funny because I hadn't hadn't watched Star Wars in a long, long time. I hadn't yeah. watched the originals in years, um, but it's deeply entrenched uh, into kind of my, I guess uh, I don't know my emotional state. Like they're they're very the characters are very important to me, and the the stories are very important to me. And uh, yeah, I don't know Han Solo. I have to say though, like he. Uh, I mean, you have Hansel and Indiana Jones. I mean, the guy was uh, the guy was a superstar to me growing up. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he he has had a great career, Harrison Ford. I think he's had the best career out of probably the majority of uh, the people of uh, the actors from the original cast, the original I, trilogy. I would. Think I so. think so. I mean, not like Guinness, obviously. Like, I mean, he'd, he'd already had an established a career. Yeah. A yeah, career, yeah. But you're absolutely right that um, I think that he, he definitely led the charge um, after that. I mean, talk about a, a rich, a rich catalog, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. We, we were talking about all the spinoffs and, and whatnot and as I was watching the movies, um, going through Star Wars, through Empire and whatnot, um, different, at different points, Janine, my, my wife was there, your aunt, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I was pointing out like, oh, I'm not, I had that. And like, oh no, I, I had that, like the Adat. Oh, I had a Yoda, I had a Millennium Falcon, but I didn't have the big one that I, like some of my friends had, I always wanted that, but I had the li a little <laughs> metal one. I had the X-Wing and if you push the X-Wing in a certain spot, it kind of like psh, it sort of fell apart and then you know, it would come back together because it had bands connecting it. Um, I oh, had yeah. the, the the racer bikes that they used on the forest moon of Endor the, that the, you know, those, uh, I don't, I can't remember what the official names were for some of these things, but I had all of this stuff and yeah. I was, in the action figures, like, um, I mean, we can have a whole, separate podcast about how they merchandise and how they leverage that film and what they made like you know obviously outside of the the box office sales what they the the significance of all that licensing and all that yeah. you know, all those products um but uh they did a good job because i wanted all of it and uh to the extent that my mom and dad were willing they you know my they filled my closets with uh, my uh, all my shelves with star wars stuff so yeah yeah, totally. Uh, you're, you're lucky for being able to experience that as much. I mean, obviously, I had uh, been, been able to have like Legos in the and have like have the experience of like seeing, you know, video games and playing that. That, that was a that was a whole different experience, I think that. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, bringing it back to um, what I was I, I was going to say about about our new hope. Is and about the original Star Wars is how it's able to take a story. It's a very simple story. That's the thing. It's just it's saving a princess, and that's the thing. The the damsel in distress. You know, you have you have the hero, the villain. It's very straightforward. But but being able to create this entire this entire you know 
the idea of the force and the idea of mm. Jedi's and Siths and how they mm. fought in the Clone Wars and establishing mm. that, establishing how there are these in incredible people like knights. You got to have an incredible imagination to create mm. something like this, I think. Um, mm. And about A New Hope, what I love is it takes just a regular story that is seen in everyday life, you know, mm. and, and people dealing with, you know, Luke Skywalker, he, he doesn't want to... He, he wants to get out of uh, Tatooine, out of this lifestyle that he has, and he wants to he, he wants to fight uh, with the rebel uh, with the rebels, and you know that's something mm -hmm. any person can relate to. You know, being stuck at home and just wanting to get out and experiencing the world. In, in this case, experiencing the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, so, we and that's all... what I love about A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah, we can all associate with that. I mean, I think that's what one of the things that makes the, sto the story and the arc of the story so powerful is that it begins with like, Luke is like, yeah, that could be me. Like, you know, yeah, I'm stuck at home. I want to be somewhere else. I want to be having adventures and whatnot. And then he gets to go do it. And we get to follow that that whole journey, um, yeah. you know, off of Tatooine. And then um, we all just know where it goes, uh, where it goes from there. Um, but that was part of the part of the fun. We got to see the whole um the whole journey from him just being a farmer to being a, Je a jedi master um that was uh yeah it was really really cool i also think it was kind of interesting in new hope how we always we never never questioned especially maybe i was too young but i never questioned why it's like episode four maybe i didn't even know what roman numerals were back then but i remember uh being like yeah why does it start at at four and like but we we sort of we don't really question the fact that it starts and the story is kind of already going because they have that you know the story mm -hmm. disappears up into up into space at the beginning to kind of set the tone and we're like okay yeah that's that's what's happening okay let's go now but it's it yeah. really is jumping into the middle of a story and we find oh, out yeah. obviously years later why that is yeah <laughs> no that's yeah another thing is about this this series, it, it or the original trilogy, it breaks right into it, it gets right into the um, what's going on. Each film, usually, or when I'm thinking, so a new hope begins with already a battle, and then uh, Empire Strikes Back begins with what's going on on Hoth. The Hoth, they're they're yeah. already in a battle at this moment with um, right. between the empires, it's striking back and. Then yeah. you're dealing with Han Solo in Carbonite. And these films follow each other really, really nicely. And they, yeah. they follow up the story. You 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 get right into it. Now they're on the search for Han. Now they're trying to find now they're trying to find a way to get away from the the, the Empire. And then now they're trying to fight a battle from the Empire. That that's what makes it so good. And again, going back onto a new hope is there everything is perfectly done everything is so creative you know r2d2 c3po um yeah. you know choosing the location of um choosing the location of tatooine you know in uh death valley what they chose and uh where to shoot those scenes in tatooine and being able to create that atmosphere and george lucas did such a great job with that i thought i thought you know that there's this one shot i, I want to talk about this is when obviously everybody knows when Luke is looking up at the two sons and you're just like taken in. It, it gives you goosebumps yeah. right away. I don't know about you, but yeah. when I saw that scene, I just got goosebumps. It's like, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this reminder that this is a galaxy far, far away. Like, you know, and, and obviously, I guess a long time ago as well. <laughs> yeah. But, 
Um, but you're absolutely right. And that, that kept uh, coming back to me over and over again. First of all, you're right. The creativity, like uh, the mind you would have to have to, to come up with this stuff. Like, I guess Tolkien gets that a lot, right? Because he, he the level of detail he went to create that, um, um, that Middle Earth universe. And, and mm -hmm. in this case, is George Lucas and what he created um you know with star wars it's just like the level of detail is unbelievable and then it's anchored by the sets like i i i'm just i was out every scene just looking at the details even just the um the the textures and the intricacies of of simple things like the side of uh, of the x-wing or the um or a panel when obi-wan's trying to turn off the defle deflector uh, yeah. shield and just in the the sounds and everything is so i don't know it's it's so believable because it's so well done like they don't miss it they don't miss anything they just uh, you're in this alternate universe and you accept it because it's so well done oh yeah for a new hope coming out in 1977 it is aged so well yeah. and it, it the movie and it honestly looks better than like the prequels some at, at times you know i know Being, I, I was gonna ask you this ryan actually about that so when i was watching this because i had it's it's probably been i don't know i, I it maybe it'd been 20 years maybe 15 years since i'd watched uh maybe not that long. maybe let's say 15 years since i watched star wars uh episode four five and six and when I was watching it, there was some, did they add scenes in uh, oh. to these? Because maybe that's something you're going to talk about, but yeah. there were things that jumped out at me. I'm like, I don't remember that. Like that seems weird to me. And and part of me is like, don't do that. Like part of me was like, I, I I'm such a purist for the original that when I start to see them add in uh, like modern age CGI, I'm kind of like, hey, just leave it as it is. I know you wanted to. And one of the, the last examples of this, I noticed that they did, was they stuck in Hayden Christensen at the very final scene. They took out the old Anakin and they stuck in yeah. Hayden Christensen, who I'm not, I'm again, I'm like many other Star Wars purists. I'm not a huge fan of that, of that, of that character, that actor, that yeah, in this yeah. in this sense, in this scene. And so it um, but yeah, in Star Wars, to give the example. Just before they're getting off uh, Tatooine, he runs into Jabba and he has this big like dialogue with Jabba before he gets on. And like that didn't. There's no way that happened in the original uh, one. Yeah, uh, that that's. I think a New Hope. If, if yeah, again on on the side note of a New Hope, if we're talking about that film specifically. That one, I think either that one or Return of the Jedi has the worst added CGI. And so the reason it also looks so bad is because. When they're filming, the original three is, they filmed it in uh, film. That's what they call it. There's either film and now they use HD. So right. that's what happened when they used, when they filmed The Phantom Menace, it, they used, um, they used film to film that, uh, to film The Phantom Menace. And that's why the CGI didn't look the greatest in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And so what they did for uh, Attack of the Clones and, um, Revenge of the Sith, they used, they filmed it in all HD, so it blended well together with the CGI and the camera. Okay. So that's the thing. So when you watch this and see the added CGI, it looks so crappy because they're filming yeah. using a camera that's specifically not, not for, like, added CGI, and that's why it looks... Okay. Uh, it doesn't look that good. And, and and that's another thing is it he... There's certain things that he wanted to add uh, you know, it's it's George Lucas's vision. It's it's his thing. But like another thing is, people have this whole people have, are very sensitive, very um, 
yeah a big I, relationship I, I, to these films so added added to that they get you know people get don't like it as much and i i can understand that too it, personally i wish i was able to find a way there's probably some illegal website where i could find like the original what it was at the beginning because there's they've done they actually have done like three or four revampings and remastered editions yeah. like from the like they did in the 90s uh, late one in the early 90s one in the late 90s early 2000s and then i think one in like the late 2000s they've done like yeah. a bunch so okay that makes sense like I, yeah i just there were certain even when they were driving into um what's the 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 town that they they found moss isley moss isley so when they were coming in there i felt like there was extra shots of the town mm -hmm. like that were cgi while they were going through it that weren't there before like it's weird like you can totally notice it too, yeah. 15 years that and i'm like since i'd watched it last i'm like that doesn't like i i think it's so wired in my brain the way that um, the way that the originals were that uh, this stuff kind of jumped out at me and i'll be honest i maybe it's not rational but i do i am like a lot of those people that is a purist i like i liked it because of what it was and so any change to that i'm very i'm very I'm not potentially mm -hmm. critical of i'm just or at least i'm i'm skeptical of let's put it that yeah way. totally um, oh yeah totally 100%. because I, I just think the original way it was shot the sound the sets the the visuals it, it was so well done and and to your point it it does hold up really well in fact i had sloan my oldest she's six and she um, she sat with me uh, for a good chunk of Star Wars. I had to send her to bed at, at one yeah. point, but uh, she was very disappointed in. But she got sucked uh, right into. Uh, oh man, totally yeah. yeah. And uh, another, New Hope does not only everything is perfectly done. I feel like you know the again the score John Williams' score for Star yeah. Wars is obviously it's like a class everybody knows. And yeah, 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 totally. And also, I'm 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 trying to think. It's like right right from the beginning of A New Hope. It's it's something you've never seen. The slanted, um, you know, like the slanted uh, I um narration of what has just happened and um going up and as you see the stars behind it and yeah. and you know there's no like this film starring starring Mark Hamill, directed by George He's Lucas. And I'll actually talk about that it. fact. But yeah, there, there's a little hidden thing about that, a uh, fact yeah. about that. I'll, I'll say that in a bit. But And, and that's what makes it so original, original. original. And I was thinking about how th there's a, you know, George Lucas really got a lot of inspiration and just added that, you know. He got inspiration from 2001, A Space Odyssey, obviously. Yeah. Flash Gordon. And you can totally see that. But he just, he added so much. And he just, like... It's like that on steroids, you know? It's like... Was it... it how, um, like, I guess, what were the expectations? Do you know anything about, like, what were the expectations for Star Wars? Like, was it expected? Like, I, I, in other words, like, if you're going to have John Williams, like, do the score, you got some big name actors, you got Alec Guinness and stuff like that. Like, it it had the potential, I, I guess. I'm wondering if they thought it was just going to be maybe this cult classic or something like that, or if they knew it was going to be so mainstream and so big. Like I I, I don't know. Like I funny you I, ask, yeah. Funny you ask though. It's actually so George Lucas did a screening test with Steven Spielberg, Brian De Palma, Francis Ford Coppola, and yeah. I think another director. And they and everybody that watched it they all hated it they said it was the worst movie they ever saw and the one person who said 
this is going to be the best movie ever made with Steven Spielberg. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Wasn't it? Um, I read somewhere, and this is like before I was, I've kind of watched these ones, but um, there was some story about how Jaws was the number one movie for the longest time. And then it, Star Wars ended up yep. bouncing them, uh, bouncing Jaws. And Steven Spielberg took like a full page ad out in the paper to congratulate George Lucas on <laughs> the success of Star Wars. Like that. Uh, so I guess. Yeah, and I knew they were they were they were pretty tight, right? They were yeah, they were. Oh, they, they wrote Indiana Jones together. They, yeah, of course. They, yeah, and um, but totally, yeah. That's and, really cool. That, yeah, um, yeah. That uh, a guy like Steven Spielberg would sort of be one the one voice in the room that says, "You guys are nuts. This this thing's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be." Big. Yeah, and the yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So, but yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, so right now we're I guess we're talking about how just the impact. A new hope has had and how yeah. it just created this entire thing and uh, if we want to continue on to discussing like i guess the plot and yeah. the idea of um of a new hope and how and things about it that were so good and i think we should start off by talking about um you know i think the the character in luke skywalker he has this this legacy and he doesn't really know about his past and He's met Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan or Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan has any, and he's taught him this entire, um, he's taught, told him about his father and lightsabers and he's telling him about the force. And I think Obi-Wan has to be one of the coolest, most humble characters in this entire trilogy. And I, I don't know if you can agree on me with that. Like oh. Obi-Wan has to be. He was super cool. And like, um, I, 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 what I particularly like is the first time you realize that he's kind of badass, which is when they're in the, they're in the bar and yeah. Uh, like oh, yeah. pushing that guy off. He's like, Hey, sorry. Like, Hey, let me buy, buy, buy you a drink. And the, and the guy just wants to fight. That's all he want, wants, wants to do. And he knocks, yeah. knocks Luke on his ass. And then next thing you know, like, uh, uh, you know, Ben's got his lightsaber out and the guy's arms on the ground. Like, right. So <laughs> it was just like, and then it's over and it's like, okay, let's get back to business here. Like, Oh, that was yeah. awesome. And so, yeah, no, it was like, yeah, he was a, a pretty, pretty amazing character. And one of the many things that I really loved about a new hope. And of course that's the only one where we get to spend any time with him in, in an actual physical presence, but yeah, uh, we get we get to spend some more time with him. Yeah, and he's he's um he's a role model, I guess, or he's um he's somebody that Luke looks up to, and somebody that a teacher or uh, uh, exactly. that that's he can look up to and, and almost train from and and learn from definitely about the Force and understand it better. And that that's a thing about this is the Force. It's it's such a interesting concept this yeah. idea of just i was when i was watching i was thinking about how interesting it is that he just created something that that's like able to just make people you know cause people um what's the word it's just like this this energy that he says that binds us together and just and that's so cool that's so interesting he's created almost this new religion like yeah that's a good way to put it actually and i think that um one of the things that i think is so impactful about the concept of the force or is is that it's believable and what i mean let me qualify that it's it's believable in the sense that 
there are a lot of people out there that talk about energy and energy fields and that, yeah. it's and that we're just balls of energy. And even when we die, you know, energy can't die. It goes somewhere, it goes somewhere else. And so the concept was that in some other galaxy, in some other period of time, that some like hyper evolved human beings have managed to harness this and figure out a way to use, like, it's kind of believable in a, in a way, like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. If you, if you believe in energy and energy fields, like we know there's all kinds, there's religions that, you know, talk about energy centers and chakras and all kinds of things. Like it wasn't all that far-fetched. It wasn't magic. Like it's not, and they make fun of it. Like the people that don't understand the force and Star Wars refer to it sometimes as like, oh, this, your magic isn't going to work on me, that, that kind of stuff. But it's, it's not, it's this whole other, um, well, to, like what, the way that you refer to it as almost like a religion. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that that's what's so, uh, what made it work so well is that you could find a way to suspend disbelief and, and really feel like, okay, that, that is something that could happen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's what I was. When I was a kid, that was how it was. <laughs> oh yeah. There've been a couple of times when I've just like, maybe put on my hand, tried to no, me do too. something. Yeah. Just, <laughs> me just too. like, nobody's looking, just like, maybe see, it, it'll work. Right? Who knows, right, yeah. All, I think we've all done that. Everybody's done that. Any, any Star Wars fan has done that. But yeah, totally. <laughs> um, another thing I just want to touch up on is, what I, Han Solo's character is great. He's, he's, a, he's a total mm -hmm. badass. He's total likable, but at the same time being somebody so cocky, only cares yeah. about himself and, but you still love him no matter what. And he, he obviously changes at the end of A New Hope. And at the end of this entire trilogy, he, he doesn't care just about the money. He cares about his friends and, yeah. and his family. And um, But it, it, the thing I love about uh, A New Hope is you don't get introduced to Han Solo until 50 minutes into the film. Or, yeah, it's not far, right? Yeah. 47 minutes to be exact. And that that is, I think that's great that they've been able to do that. That's, that's pretty interesting. And yeah. some so a lot of films have done that before. I'm trying to think of another film that did that, but um, maybe it, was, it would have been too much. Like if they, because they, they sort of, you're right. They sort of slow release. You so would get to meet Leia right away, and then mm -hmm. we meet, uh, you know, Luke, and then eventually we meet Ben, and then they sort of, they're like, hey, we've got a long story here, a long journey. Like we're gonna sort of space this out and, mm -hmm. like, and, uh, and whatnot. But they do it, do it well. Like it's, I definitely feel like Han is a major presence in the, in a new hope, but I, I didn't realize that it was 47 minutes into the film before we actually see him. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, in the end they have this great, there's kind of three acts I like to think of. They, they have, mm -hmm. um, and they're perfectly paced too. What I was thinking. So on Tatooine, and then they have the mission where they're on the Death Star and they're running around as fugitives on 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 the Death Star trying to save the princess. And then the third act I like to think of is when they're going back to the the Death Star to destroy it. And those are the I think three main pieces of this. And the third, I, it's so intense. It's so well done. It's so much fun. You know, they they really feel like a actual squadron. They they feel like. A, an army like an air force like you know ready gold leader or like just oh, saying yeah. that it's like you know it, it puts a smile it's just like you wish you were there on that and oh yeah i used say, to play a video yeah. game it was that had that whole like that whole setup where they're going through the tunnels and they're looking for the actual portal to, to fire into like i remember mm -hmm. those, those video playing those video games and just wanting to, to be in that but it, it's so yeah it's such a a uh, the, <laughs> I, I don't know like 
you're right that it's a perfect arc and those, those three sort of acts. Like you can watch A New Hope and it is kind of like, it has everything that you need. It has resolution at the end of it. Whereas uh, Empire, very, very often like the second second installments of many trilogies, um, you think of uh, Two Towers um, from Tolkien or, um, geez, there's, lot, there's lots of them, but where the second one kind of leaves you hanging. Like you're not, oh, uh, Back to the Future 2 is a good, another good example where yep. you're sort of like, you're like, okay, a lot, we've advanced the story quite a bit, but you've left me hanging and I need, I don't have resolution yet. And I, I'm going to need, so you do to a certain extent an empire, you have a, a, a section where the, the, you're in the eye of the storm and things have calmed or calm, but you realize yeah. that there's more to come and it's all, I need to bring this back full circle. Whereas I found that at least in a new hope, it left you feeling like, okay, yeah, we destroyed the Death Star. Like that's what we need to do in this movie. And we've done mm -hmm. that. So you could watch it on its own and really enjoy it and not feel like you held in a sneeze, which I sometimes feel like with the Empire, where I'm like, ah, I need to keep going here. I need to I know. see where this oh, goes. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that pretty much sums it up for New Hope. I want to get into uh, Empire Strikes Back. But before we do that, I will do, give you some fun facts. How does that okay. sound? All right. Yeah. So um, let's do this. So the actors found George Lucas to be very uncommunicative uh, towards them with his only directions generally being either faster or more intense. <laughs> At one point when he temporarily lost, temporarily lost his voice, the crew provided him with a board with just those two phrases written on it. <laughs> Is that true? That's yeah. great. That's great. I didn't know that. I wonder if that's something that if they were, I mean, depending on the actor, you sometimes hear like, I don't need to want a lot of notes and that whereas others are like, yeah, tell me exactly what you, what you need from me. So I wonder if that was frustrating for them or not. Yeah. Because yeah. what I think about this film is it's, it's much more visual film. That's the thing. I don't think it, I can't imagine George Lucas focusing too much on their acting ability. Um, you, you can't. And it's kind of proven because like the acting ability and say like, uh, the prequels with Hayden Christensen, even Natalie Portman, isn't uh, it's, it's not the greatest. But you know, what can you do? You know, yeah. It, it, I don't it, even it, know what people would say about Mark Hamill for that matter. Like I, I mean, I, for me, because he's so again, it's in my DNA. I love him, and I I don't care what what else he's done. And yeah, but I don't know. I like an um, a sort of uh, unbiased observer. I don't know. Would they say that Luke Skywalker did it was that was good acting by Mark Hamill? I don't know. But uh, I, it just is what it is for me. It's he's Luke. There's scenes. He's, he's, I did notice in A New Hope, he's a little bit cranky. He's like, I want to go to the Tashi station to pick up some cat power converters. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, there, when I watched it this time, there's parts where I was like, okay, Luke, you know. Like, I, was, I, was, I was laughing pretty hard at that because I was just like, he's, he's kind of childish. He's like, I'm never getting out of here. But like, you know, I know. You yeah, I know. You know with an, I don't know how much time passes, but next thing you know, he's battling Darth Vader right now. <laughs> and like, you're flying an X Wing into the Death Star. It's, it's like, come a long way, kid. And I was like, you're just complaining <laughs> about not getting to go into town. So, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one. So, in early drafts uh, of the script, R2D2 could speak standard English and he had a rather a foul vocabulary, although all of R2's <laughs> English speech was removed. Uh, many of C-3PO's reactions, though, uh, were left in. Uh, and you can kind of tell he's like, oh, how rude, and like saying that to C-3PO. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Um, because when I was, when I was, um, it's, it stuck out to me that the way R2 talks, 
his intonations match exactly what you assume he would have said based on 3PO's uh, response. So he's like, at one point he goes like, like, what are or something like that. He's like, yeah. oh, I wouldn't, and 3PO's like, I wouldn't call this very exciting. Like, he's like, oh, he totally would have said, oh, this is exciting. Like, but he says it with his tones and, you know, whatever is, uh, his beeps and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. It just sounds like whatever he's saying, the intonations match up. Well, that, that's totally true. Um, when I was watching this, it's like, you already know, you know R2-D2's personality, even though he's like literally just like a box. He's already like a cylinder or whatever. Like you, and just like has, just like says beep, boop, beep, like that. And like, <laughs> And you know his personality. You know he's like he's in for a battle. He he'll he's he's a troublemaker. You totally know oh, that. And, and and for some reason you know that he's a he, obviously. And yeah, and that's a good point. A male, <laughs> a male robot. And then obviously C three PO is too. But um, that's such a good like. But three PO and R two D two like they're it's such a good like again it's just back to george lucas and the creativity of it but they're perfect like counterparts right like they're or, oh, or totally. like they're just so opposite but so complementary at the same time it's just, it, it's really well done and it's so wholesome to see them like they miss each other like and they, they love each other they obviously do they like have a they're best yeah. friends they're like brothers right they hate each other and that's like that's again the relationship to like uh, reality and what we how we have like that relationship with uh a brother or somebody like that it's 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 similar and that, that's what makes it it's awesome you know you see c3po and uh r2 you just you, you feel like they're friends you know you call them 3po oh, yeah. you call r2 you know you just like oh, totally yeah. but yeah so but yeah all right so next last fun fact so According to Harrison Ford, during the making of this movie, he and Mark Hamill would usually fool around and not commit to their work whenever Sir Alec uh, Guinness was not on set. And when Guinness was um, on set, they behaved much more professionally. Oh, really? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I felt like when you said Alec Guinness, that I might have said Alec Baldwin a few times. But anyway, uh, hopefully I, said <laughs> I was saying Alec Guinness. Uh, that's, um, yeah, that's a, a really interesting one. Well, that's it kind of got, harks back to what I was saying before about how it must have been a, uh, a real treat for some of these uh, folks mm -hmm. to be with. I don't know if he was Sir Alec Guinness at that time or not, but uh, he probably was. He was old enough. Uh, but uh, to be shoulder to shoulder with him, and I, mm -hmm. I bet you his method and his approach was probably a little bit different than, than Harrison Ford's or Mark Hamill's, uh, for that matter. Thank you guys for listening to part one of the original Star Wars Trilogy podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two, where Robbie and I will be discussing uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Also, make sure to check out my Instagram page, my YouTube channel, my TikTok. At the same name, there will be movie reviews. If you guys are trying to find a way to listen on YouTube, go to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. I'm on all of those. All right, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of part two of the original Star Wars trilogy. Thanks. Bye.